Have your Bibles tonight. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. But I, this is on my heart, and I want to uh, give it to you right quick. And uh, may it help you. I, I think the reason the problems we have in churches today is because we don't have discipleship. But I, I don't. I think churches have left the discipleship out. They don't, they don't want to disciple people, and, and, and be honest with you, a lot of people don't want to be discipled. They just want to come and go. They want to sit on the back pew when it's over with, go home, feel good about their, their religious uh, experiments for the day, and, and that's it. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a plan, and Jesus gives us this, this uh, uh, cost for discipleship in Matthew 16. And I believe that if we're taking a look at it, and it's going to cost you something. Discipleship's going to cost you something. It's not free, and it's not easy. Can I say that? It's not easy. It's something you're going to have to give up in order to get from God that discipleship. And I believe that we start doing this, and we'll get on it. Uh, Matthew 16, verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. And follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. So let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to touch hearts to help us tonight, Lord. Lord, help us to get into your word and become disciples. And Lord, help us to be a, a minister to other people, Lord. Help us to be what we need to be, Father. We just ask you to empty himself and fill him with the Spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I want to preach on this subject, uh, the cost of discipleship. Uh, when you come to Matthew chapter 16, we find that Jesus throughout all this entire chapter talks about faith. He talks about faith. In fact, verses 1 through 4, he talks about no faith. He talks about no faith. Verses 5 through 12, he talks about little faith. As he said, O ye of little faith. In verses 13 through 20, he talks about saving faith. And in our text tonight, he's talking about serving faith, uh, uh, about following Christ. It takes faith to be saved, but it also takes faith to follow Jesus Christ and to be a disciple tonight. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 said, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for him that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So Jesus is going to talk about discipleship in these verses, the cost of discipleship. You know, it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I know the essence when you are saved, you become a disciple, you become a follower, you're a believer of Jesus Christ, but a true discipleship is going to cost every one of us something. We're going to have to give up something. Thinking about Christ, he gives us a few things in this section tonight concerning discipleship. The requirement concerning discipleship. Verse 24, then said Jesus is a disciple. The first requirement in discipleship is that you must be a disciple. 
you must be born again and saved. I think the reason we have people in church today that they're so miserable in church is because they have never been saved. They've never, uh, they, they're tares among the wheat. Uh, they don't serve God. They just come in to get that uh, a stamp of, uh, I went to church. And they're miserable as they can be. Because they're trying to do something within their power of the flesh that is unnatural to them. When a man gets born again and, bec uh, and becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ, he has a desire to serve God and wants to follow him. We see the declaration here. Jesus said, if any man. That is the declaration concerning discipleship. You say, what is the requirement? The requirement is, if anybody wants to follow Jesus Christ, they can. If anybody wants to be saved, they can. I am not a Calvinist. I don't believe in their way. I don't think that way. I, I pray that you don't think that way. I've read their stuff. Uh, I don't see how anybody can read the Bible and agree with the Calvinist. I can't do that. Uh, I, I'm not a Calvinist. But I'm just telling you, Jesus said, if any man... Any man, you come out to me. You want to be saved, you can be saved. You want to follow me, you can follow me. When a man gets born again and becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ, he has a desire to serve God. I, I just want, if you believe the Bible and trust the Bible, because I, I believe the Calvinist doctrine is rising up more and more in the uh, churches that we have today. But the Bible here, Jesus gives us this declaration. If any man, if you want to be saved, you can be saved. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you can be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, notice the decision. The Bible said, if any man will come after me, you've got to be willing to follow Jesus. You've got to be willing. You have to be willing. I know that God came to where I was and brought salvation to me. I know that Zacchaeus climbed the tree wanting to see Jesus, but Jesus knew where Zacchaeus was all the time. He, didn't have, uh, he knew where Zacchaeus were before he even got there. But it does not relieve man of responsibility that God has placed upon you. If you want to serve God, you serve God. If you want to follow God, you follow God. God is not going to storm the door of your heart and beg you to serve Him. God is not going to come and keep begging you and begging you to serve Him. If it's your will, you'll serve God. If it's not your will to serve God, you won't. God says you're going to leave it for you to decide. If you want to serve God tonight, you can serve God. You're going to have to make a conscious decision to follow Him tonight. And I, I believe that we need to make a conscious decision even as the young people, we need to make a conscious decision that I'm going to serve God. I, I'm going to follow after God. I'm not going to worry about what the world thinks or what my schoolmates thinks or what anybody else thinks about me. I have made a decision that I am going to follow God. Now watch the now, the let him deny himself and take up his cross. You know, when you think about the cross, Jesus is the a text he uh, separates from that of the burden of life. Sometimes we have no control over the burdens that come in our life. We can't stop those. We have to just bear those burdens. But the cross has to be something that a man is willing to pick up and carry. It's meant that he had to deny himself. And Jesus said, if you're going to uh, be a disciple, 
You've got to be willing to take up your cross and follow me. You've got to be willing to deny yourself. And you have to be willing to put self on the cross and crucify the flesh. I know you've seen people walking around towns carrying those crosses on their backs. Man, I, I, I read something a preacher said one day. He said, if you see a man carrying a cross out of a town on his back, you'll never see that man again. Because it gets too heavy. It gets too heavy. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's going to be a cause for you and I to be a disciple of Christ. And I'm talking about total surrender. I'm talking about giving life. I'm talking about yielding yourself to God and God, let God take control and have His way in your life. In order for you to be a disciple, a discipleship of Christ, you must surrender your life to Him. Say, here I am, Lord. It's in your hands. You direct me. You guide me. We talked about in those hands this morning with some wonderful hands. What a wonderful place to be in the hands of God this morning. You know what a cross is? A cross is an eye crossed out. That means you are done. You taking up the cross, you said, I, 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 I'm taking up my cross and I'm totally denying self. We don't have a lot of Christians today that are willing to deny themselves. It's burdens that we have to bear, crosses, burdens we have to bear, but cross, we are choose to carry the cross. We, we, we pick up that cross. We choose to serve God. We, we choose to take up the cross. It's a constant choice. God does not put anything on our backs, but we are willing to identify with it, and we're willing to identify with Christ. Telling the world that I, I am a child of God, I am serving God, I'm a disciple of Christ because I've taken up my cross, I'm denying myself of all the things of this world, and I'm going to follow after Jesus. He said, take up his cross. Everyone has a cross to bear. Every one of us have a cross to bear. I cannot bear your cross, and you cannot bear my cross. You can't go off on somebody else. I mean, you can meet some of these great, wonderful Christians that, that have surrendered their lives. They're carrying the cross. They're serving God, and they want to be. But you cannot go off on what they're doing. You have to do what God has called you to do. You have to carry what God has called you to carry. You need to find yourself, what, what cross? What is it that I have to deny and pick it up? Uh, and you need to ask God, what is it in my life that I have to surrender and deny and carry that cross to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? And you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be a singer. He said, any man, any Christian that's willing to take up a cross, it's pain. It speaks of self-sacrifice. That's what a discipleship of Christ is, self-sacrifice. Our churches are hurting today because people don't want to sacrifice. 
They don't want to sacrifice. They, they, they want church to start at a certain time, and they don't want it to end by a certain time, and they don't want you to get excited. They don't want you to say amen. They just want you to get it on, get it over with, so and go home. Can I say this? If a church don't have people coming up behind them, the church is going to die. If we don't teach these young people what the cost of discipleship is, and we're not going to give up, we're going to keep serving God, sooner or later they're going to get it. If you take your discipleship lightly, your children are going to take it even lighter. If you're not willing to say, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to give up things, I'm going, to, I'm going to follow Christ and I'm going to be a servant of God, I'm going to walk with Him. If you're not willing to do that day in, day out, then your children are going to say the same thing. If you're not doing it, then I'm not going to do it. It won't be long, they'll be gone. I've seen it. I, I, I'm telling you, I've seen what people teach their kids. I mean, we, I love to teach kids that, hey, church is important in your life. In fact, church should be the most important thing in your life, serving God. But I know parents today are telling them, well, if you got something you'd rather do, go ahead and do that. If you got a football game on a Wednesday night, go ahead and go play that football game. Because church really don't matter. They're telling their kids, hey, it's okay to accept uh, do something else than going to church. What the other thing, they're saying, everything in this world is more important than church. Let me tell you, church is important in our lives. That's where we get a hold of God. That's where we have fellowship. It should be the main thing. I love coming to church. I can't wait to get to church. We talked about it this morning. I'm looking forward to coming to church by Thursday afternoon. Oh, I can't wait to get to church. We wish our parents are starting to teach our children, it's okay to miss church. It's okay to do things you want to do. You don't want to go to church? It's okay. No, it's not okay. You're going to have to stand for God. Parents, of the, I, I tell parents, you're going to have to stand for God and, and give an account why you did not teach your child how to serve God, how to walk after God, because you decided you want them to have fun and live in this world and do what they want to do. Because let me tell you what, every one of us is going to die, and every one of us is going to stand for God and give an account of the things we've done in this body. And if you stand for God, he's going to say, why wasn't you a better disciple? Why wasn't you a better example in your life than what you were? Now, I, I know families right now, their kids are just doing what they want to do. Because mom and dad has had to take church out of their lives as being important. If you feel like going, go. If you don't feel like going, don't go. We got a problem, and that's because we got parents that are not willing to say. You know what the problem with the children today is? The parents. <laughs> it's the parents. Children wouldn't wouldn't be nowhere near. They wouldn't be nowhere near like they are today in this world if their parents would be like the parents should be. Teach your children the ways. Bring them up in the ways. Show them what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Show them how it is to walk in the Christ. Show them how it is to love God and serve God and not worry about what this world or what the people think about you. And as soon as the kids learn that and they see that, they'll be better off. You got to teach them that. Self-sacrifice. You'll have to pay a price. 
It's going to cost you some. Parents need a sacrifice. The, parent, the kids need to see parents sacrificing. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I know there are some times you just can't come to church. If you're sick, stay home, please. If you get up in the morning, you've got a bad hair day, <laughs> put a hat on. <laughs> there, there's some times you cannot help not coming to church. James dried his hair today, so we're good. But there, there's times you just, you can't make it to church. I understand that. But it should not be the constant, well, I, 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 I won't go to church today because I just don't feel like it. Because as soon as, you, soon as you do that, your child is sitting there looking at it. Well, if he don't feel like it, then I'm not going to feel like it either. And that's where we're losing our kids at. The world today, we're losing our kids because of that. Listen, I was not the smartest kid in my class. But I was smart enough to find out who was. And I sat beside him. I ain't dumb. Not that dumb, but I know. And I knew who the smartest kid in his class was. And I look on his paper and say, yeah, we're going to get this one together. And when he was out of school, we both suffered. The teacher realized, well, you're not as smart as you think you are. I'm telling you. We, we got problems with our kids today because parents are not teaching the kids. And can I say this? Not only should it be only the parents, but every church member should be an example to every child in here. Amen. If we bring a bus full with the kids in here, even though you don't know them that good, you still should be an example for those kids. They need to know that you love them. The reason why they know that you love them because you love God and God loved you and you ought to show that to them. And let me tell you what, you, might, you don't think you're making an impact in their life. You wait later down the road, you might run into one of those kids and say, hey, when you get to church there, when you were one of those at the church there, I want to thank you for being so patient with me. Amen. I, I, I praise the ones that work the bus ministry. I praise them because they got a hard road to heaven. Like I said, I wasn't the smartest person in class, but I know what. I, I, I'd rather know more about this book than have all the knowledge this world can give you in education. Amen. Don't get me wrong, education is good. You need to get it. But you need to get educated in this Bible and learn the Word of God and let that apply to your life. If all you're seeking for is getting degree after degree after degree and you're forgetting the Bible, you're not learning things of God, then it ain't going to do one bit of good. I'm telling you. you. If you read this Bible here, you'll learn who the creator of the universe is. You, you'll learn who the one who hung the stars up and the moon up in the stars. You, you'll learn who created the heavens and the earth. You'll learn who the, and let me tell you, that helps tonight. Self-sacrifice. You see the devotion, follow me. That is the requirement. Are you willing to follow him anywhere, anytime, any place? Are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am? That's God's requirement. There is a rule concerning discipleship. Verse number 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. The rule for discipleship has to do with ourselves. Because it is really what discipleship is all about. It's about get living for Christ and talking about saving our lives Whosoever saves his life, how does a person say, how do you save your life? 
How can you save your life? They try to save themselves in the world today. They use what they can, how they can. And, and they're using what they, they, they want to be what they want to be. And they're trying to save their own life tonight. They, they, it's like saving money for a rainy day. I'll, I'll save my life. I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to be a sacrifice. I'm not giving anything. I'll just save my life. You can't save your own life. I'm going to save my life. I don't want to give it to, to serve God. I don't want to be part of God. You try to save your life, the Bible says you will lose your life. Discipleship. We're talking about discipleship. We've got to surrender ourselves to God. Then there's the surrender of our life. He said, whosoever lose his life, my sake. Are you willing to surrender your life? The first question that comes to every person's heart is heaven or hell. What's it going to be? That's the first question. Of the lost sinner. The second question is about heaven and earth. What are you going to live for? If you're going to surrender yourself and serve God and, and, and go for heaven, but the other way, if you're going to work and look, serve in this world, who are you serving for? Are you serving for God or are you serving for this world? Are you going to live for this world? Or are you going to live for earthly things? The earthly life, we have a lot of those in churches today, they are serving the earth, they're serving the world, they're serving themselves. They're living for the nasty now, now, instead of the sweet by and by, they're living for what they can get a hold of right now. We only have one life to live in this life, and it soon will pass. Take your life out of your hands and place it in those hands. Put it in the hands of God. That's surrendering of a life. There's a satisfaction of our lives. For whosoever save his life and lose it, and whatsoever he lose his life for my sake, he said, shall find it. You know, I, I didn't get up one day and say, well, I'm going to be a preacher. Oh, that was not even on my mind. God called me. I said, Lord, you, you really made a mistake. You, you're really making a mistake. I don't know all about you. I don't know everything about you. But I can look back in my life and say, you know, I can see what God's hand has been doing. And now I can say I'd rather be a preacher than anything I know. I love preaching. Of course, I wanted to be an evangelist, but I'm a pastor. Not my will, thy will be. That's what it's happened. But like I told you this morning, when the hand of God touches you, you change. You change. You're not the same. You're not the same. God works on individual basis. What he does for me, he'll do something different for you. And what God does in your life, he may not do it in my life. He may do it in somebody else's life. But God works on individual basis. Whatever God wants you or desire for you to do, you need to find out and ask God, and God will direct you. And you may be one of but God may be calling you to be a pastor. May God may be calling you to be an evangelist or a Sunday school teacher or a singer. Whatever God is calling you to do, you need to do it. But God works on individual basis. 
Just find the will of God for your life and work it. That's what he's saying to do. Then you see the riches concerning discipleship in verse 26. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know what the Bible teaches in this verse? It has to do with both with salvation and discipleship. We have heard it applied many times. For what, what a, a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? He will die without God and go to hell. What shall he give in exchange for his soul? Can I say the soul of man never dies? It never dies. It'll never die. The body will perish, but the soul is eternal tonight. Now think about your soul tonight. It's going to live forever and forever. Either going to live forever in heaven or live forever in hell. 100 years from now, none of us will be here. I'm praying that I won't be here. We're going to either be where God we served. I serve God, love God, and disciple of God. I'll be with God. But let me just say this. If your heart ain't right, if, you're not, if you haven't surrendered and gave God everything of your life, hell will be your home. You're going to, 100 years from now, every one of us is going to be gone from here. Where are you going to be living at? Where are you going to spend eternity at? It's one of the two places. All the things you try to gather in this life, all the things you try to store up and hold on to, and I know a lot of people hold on. I keep seeing these commercials. This lady on TV, I buy these corns, these gold dollars, silver dollars, whatever, and she takes them out and looks at them every now and then. She says, I can see my money. at No, it's, your money ain't worth. Your money's in a safe at your house, and you get to pull it out look at it every now and then. And they just try to store more and more. We, we, we decide that we want to store this up. We want to store this up. Can I remind you, you ain't taking nothing with you. The Bible says, Job says, naked I came and naked I'll go. That means you ain't taking anything. You ain't bringing anything in. You ain't taking nothing out. I know some people were buried in their Cadillacs. I think if I'd had one, I might be buried in my Cadillac. But I ain't got one. I got a Kia. They'll be a little crunched up there. But people like to be, they like to hold on the things of this world. Can I say this? It's all going to be burnt. It's not, you can't take it with you. It's not going to go through. You're not going to drive a Cadillac through the gates of heaven. You're not. So these things you're gathering up on the world down here, worldly things, that you know, they might be good now, but don't let them direct your life. Because it'll cost you. It's going to cost you. I'm not saying, hey, you know, you got to give up everything you got. No, I'm just saying, don't make it a priority in your life trying to save money, trying to build, build the bigger houses or get the bigger cars and fancier cars. Don't do that. Do what God has given you. Work with God's given you. And you'll be richer than you'll ever know. The Bible says lay up your treasures in heaven. That's where your minds will be at. And if we start laying our treasures in heaven and start thinking on that, you'll forget about the things down here. But I see how the world is just mandating us to gather, gather, keep, 
keep hoard, hoard, keep all this stuff. And, and God is clear to tell you, you need to deny yourself. Get rid of the things of this world. Crucify your flesh to the cross. Pick up your cross and follow him. Don't worry about what the world has in store for this world. Because you've got to keep it in mind, one day ain't nothing going to be here. It's all going to be burnt. It's going to be dissolved. It's going to wait. And thank God a new heavens and new earth coming down. But you've got to be a disciple of Christ. When it comes to discipleship, this is what the verse teaches. It can, cannot be about profit. It cannot be about self. It has to be all about him. Serving him. Following him. I, I pray that we can be disciples, true disciples of God. It's not about exchanging things. I will change this for that. No, it's about giving up, surrendering, sacrificing the things in your life. The three viables in this verse, the world. The world is great. I love this world. It, it's cursed with sin. I understand that. But let me tell you what. If you ain't been around this world and seen the great things God has created in this world, I mean, you stand on a mountaintop and look down in the snow valley and see all the snow there. That just takes your breath away. You get up in the morning and watch a sunrise and, and it just cracks that dawn and just sunrise. That'll take your breath away. The world is great. It's just, it's been sin cursed. But God still created this earth. God still made this place. And God, what God creates is great. The world is great. The soul is even greater. Because God loves the soul of man. He loves the soul of man. And like I said, one day it's going to die. Your soul is more viable than the globe that's beneath your feet right now. The earth. It's more viable to God right now. And then the love like Christ is even greater. We start showing the love as Christ did. What shall a man exchange for his soul? Notice the reward for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then shall reward every man according to his works. The rewards of discipleship in this verse has to do with the coming of the Son of God, the crowning of the saints, and condition of the service. We all need to take inventory of our life and ask God, is there anything that I need to get rid of in order to serve you better? I believe all of us want to walk closer to Christ, get closer to Christ, more of Christ in me and less of me in me. I, I think we all need to get that way. But I think we've lost discipleship, teaching each other to follow Christ, stay with Christ, and be a servant of God this week. Especially for these young people. Like I said, if we God tarries and they're, they're stepping up. They're coming in behind us. They need to know that we are serious about who we are and who we serve. Amen. And they need to see it in your home, not, not just on Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, but every day of the week. They need to see that you serve God. I, I'm a, a disciple of God. I'm walking like him. And we'll be better off like that.